Hey, welcome to the show today. It's called Wicked Smart today, just for now. So, you know, I'm still playing around with the, the show title. We had a bunch of crazy stuff happen last week. We had a bunch of crazy stuff even happen yesterday. This show is going to be like based on positivity. Zero drama, zero slander, zero anything. So you, you're coming to this space to hear like what's the, the slander, what's the, what's the drama happening in the space. You're in the wrong space. And it looks like everybody's in those spaces already. And that's okay. We're gonna we're gonna keep the we're gonna keep the ball rolling regardless. Um, after doing thousands of hours of spaces, we're gonna keep going. Um, and I have no ill will towards really anybody in this space except for like the trolls and like horrible people that are around. So they have no home here. Just remember, if you're doing an audio space and you're hosting an audio space, it's a privilege to come up and speak. It's not your right. A lot of other spaces think it's your right. I don't agree with that. I think you need to have like a positive, informal, uh, logical debate with people. And I think that's the way space is, uh, that's just the way my space is going to run. You know, it doesn't have, you don't have to do that anywhere else. You can go get your, your Jerry Springer fix or your WWE fix somewhere else. Um, but yeah, that's how this space is going to run moving forward. So just know, like you'll never, you'll never have to worry about hearing crazy stuff in here. This is your oasis away from the rest of Wow, some of the toxicity of Web3. This is where we actually can talk and chat and, you know, really talk about the space and like really talk about the future and like what everybody's doing. So Leslie is my co amazing co-host. She's super cool. I've known her for a while. I've met her in real life. She's awesome. What's up, Leslie? How you doing? Hi, Lucas. I'm doing great today. So happy to co-host with you today and Mentify excited for this space. Yeah, right? Mentify is dope, by the way. Um, by the way, everybody, Leslie has a show. When's your show coming up, Leslie? I'd like to talk about that just for a second. It's coming up today at 2.30 Eastern Standard Time, and it's the women empowerment space. And today we're going to have um, Shira Lazar and Alara Rod with the Miami Ape, and we're going to get to know them a little bit, what makes them, you know, what they're doing in the Web3 space. And just, you know, for people that don't know them, get to learn a little bit more about what makes them them yeah i love that i love that and uh those two people you just said shira lazar and miami ape awesome people those people are just great and they're really great for the space super kind and they're always helping people and i i will always highlight people who are in this space for the right reasons and especially like to me helping people educating things like that like i will always give them a platform on my spaces they're always welcome especially the positive message they leave behind so with that said, don't forget to tune into her space, 11, 11 a.m. Pacific time and 2 p.m. Eastern time. And if you're in the middle of the country, I just can't do the math right now. So, you know, you know what time that is. I just want to say hi to Mintify real quick. Mintify, tell me what you got for us. Give us the market report today, brother. Hey, how's it going? Up, yeah, sure thing. Let's get into this. Uh, we can dive right into this market update. Let's go. Um, all right. The... Total 24-hour ETH market volume, just about 30 mil, down almost 10%. The Solana market volume, you know, it's actually kind of funny. It all it always seems to be some uh, some multiple of the Ethereum volume, just about 3 million. It was similar to uh, 
to this difference just yesterday. Isn't that crazy? Uh, down almost. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, it is a little bit of a strange dynamic, but it. I'll see if it keeps up. Maybe it's just a coincidence for right now, but we'll right, see. Right. Solana's down almost 18%, 17.9% in a 24-hour trading volume. Highest sale, 857 ETH for CryptoPunk 5066. Massive sale there. That was crazy. Uh, when, I, when I saw that, <laughs> I was like, what? It, <laughs> it was massive. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Biggest sale that, uh, that's been around for at least at least a, a week or two. Uh, it's been pretty, pretty slow since this one. Um, you can get beta access to our uh, new trading experience at beta.mintify.xyz. Definitely check that out if you're in the business of NFT trading. The top index, the index top gainer, we've got top 20 art today, up just about 3%. Deep Black coming in at number one, 0.8 ETH floor price up 50%. Fuocious Paint, 0.38 ETH floor price up 3%. And Murakami Flowers, 0.75 ETH floor price up 3%. The top losing index, top 20 metaverse down 2%. We've got Arcade Land 0.056, just about ETH four price down eight percent. Seekers 0.061 ETH four price down five percent, and Exosama 0.65 ETH four price just about down four percent. I believe Seekers and Exosama were actually in the uh, top gainers yesterday, so maybe seeing some uh, volatility around that price movement. Some noteworthy market updates. Binance to suspend USD withdrawals and deposits for international customers, I believe, starting tomorrow. Yikes. And yeah, there was uh, there was something going on with their banking partner. I'm not entirely sure of the details on that, but could be a good idea to be a little bit cautious. Um, Gemini and Genesis reached a $100 million agreement over its earn program which brings customers closer to receiving their funds back. Hopefully that gets settled out in a reasonable amount of time. The global crypto market cap, 10 to 55 billion. Bitcoin dominance, 41.58%. Bitcoin open interest, 7.4 billion. Fear and greed at 54. With uh, crypto actually making a little bit of a move in the past 10 or so minutes. Let me see what Bitcoin's at. Bitcoin's right around 23,300, up probably about, what, 2% so far right now, give or take. And then Ethereum, 1674, uh, 16, up a similar amount. Probably It's actually holding up a little bit better than Bitcoin, um, putting in a nice higher low while Bitcoin is kind of just maintaining the lows of the consolidation. Still looking decent, though. And S&P right around uh 4140 pretty uh pretty reasonable for a traditional market thank you very much yeah thanks for the thanks for the uh, market update uh, mentify that was really cool what's interesting is um you know what's going on in the space right now like binance like that's a scary situation is this going to turn into another i really hope it doesn't turn into another ftx you know what i mean like what are your thoughts on that mentify like you actually um you know, obviously have a little more insight into this right now. What are your thoughts? Uh, my, my thought personally, um, always be careful, you know, leaving, leaving any significant amount of money on exchange. I don't personally do that. You know, I'll move money on, I'll get what I want and I'll take it off. Um, it just, it's just an unnecessary risk, you know, that's, um, that's smart. Yep. Keep going. Like, 
Honestly, I don't have a strong opinion of whether this will lead into something greater. I think Binance is probably situating themselves a little bit better than FTX was. So this is obviously without, you know, insider information. Um, I believe they recently published a proof of reserves. Um, not sure how accurate that is. Not saying it's inaccurate. Uh, just, you know, just doing some light speculating. Um but yeah, it really, really leads back to the same thing. Just if you don't have a terrible amount of money on the exchange, you're not going to be, you know, uh, you know, personally affected by something that may happen other than maybe, you know, if it affects the greater market. Uh, I definitely think this is something that should probably um, give it a chance to develop because it, it could very well just be a complication with their with their banking partner, you know? Yeah, I just noticed a little bit of... um. I guess you could say correlation to like 2008 right now. Although people keep talking about, you know, the market, the interest rates kind of like normalizing. And I'm like, okay, cool. They're there. Maybe they are normalizing. That's cool. And then I heard the Binance news and then the whole bank of America news. Have you heard the bank of America news, Mintify? I'm not sure. I might've, what specifically was that? I'm going to look it up right now. Yeah, you should probably Google that just because uh, next time you do your market update, you just throw that Bank of America stuff in there because it's pretty, that's a that's real world. Like Bank of America, like I have all my funds in Bank of America. So it kind of makes me a little nervous <laughs> once I've read some of that stuff. So we'll see how that works. Um, hopefully it's good. So I want to say hi to some other people up on the stage here. What's up, Face? What's going on, man? Just a busy day in the office. You know how it is. Uh, GM, GM, Always. everybody. GM, brother. Um, yeah, I was. I, I saw something flash up earlier on that uh, the Bank of England is is setting up a, a cryptocurrency. So I need to look into that and find out a bit more. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Did you did you hear anything? Uh, did you hear anything about Bank of America? Did you hear of that or no? No. So I'm I'm waiting for the update. I just looked it up. Yeah. So it's yeah, the, it's basically it it's basically what's going on is. Um, they're going to do. Uh, it's possible that Bank of America fails uh, because of their day of a debt default would be catastrophic. You know what I mean? To basically Bank of America, and Bank of America is like basically saying that's possibly happening that they're going to they're going to default on some kind of debt. Um, that's not good. What are your thoughts, Mintify? Now that you read about it, <laughs> um, I think that's <laughs> I think that's extremely interesting. Um, and Interesting's def- a good word. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's definitely not a good thing. Um, it's definitely not a good thing. Um, I think that really does, you know, fall in line with just the the general consensus or the you know the general general uh, situation regarding debt in the United States and maybe even you know globally. I mean, you know, debt debt is not it's it's pumping is what debt is. Uh, it's it's not trending in the uh, the best direction. And I, I you know that that's definitely a concern, but things like that can go on for a long time. You know, it, it just like you know um, how prices can moon and they can they can seem to just keep mooning and mooning and you're like, all right, this this seems like it's never gonna stop mooning. You know, things like debt can do the same thing. It can go to just absolutely absurd levels. Um, at some point, yeah, I mean, what goes up must come down. That's pretty much universally true. Um, the question is when does it actually reflect in the market? Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I mean, it's definitely not a good thing. It's definitely something to keep an eye on and it's definitely something to watch for, uh, in correlation with other, other types of, uh, similar things. 
like, you know, any other big bank struggling with debt or really just, you know, large corporations in general struggling with debt. And then the greater debt outlook, how how much debt individuals are in, you know, that, of course, is also going to fall in line with with similar reactions to the market. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm not trying to worry anybody, but I just want you guys to stay vigilant, like everybody to stay vigilant. Um, it's it's an interesting scenario. It definitely made me nervous when I saw that news over the weekend. And uh, yeah, it was crazy. Go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, face. Yeah, I, ju I just uh, it, I'm just sort of pivoting back to the Bank of England. Uh, I just sort of looked into the the headlines of it. And uh, the Bank of England has officially launched its digital pound project. Uh, basically a new form of money for households and businesses. Um, so <laughs> it's quite interesting that there's no mention of crypto. It's just digital currency, digital money. But um, yeah. Smart. That's actually really smart way to portray this. Because if you say crypto, if you say the word NFT, nobody wants to talk about that language, you know, because it has such a negative context. And I can tell you right now, you know what I see coming face? I see governments, and I'm not trying to be conspiracy theorist. I'm just talking, so don't take it with a grain of salt, guys. I see them possibly making crypto eventually illegal and saying, hey, now's your chance. Exchange all of your cryptocurrency that you currently have for a U.S. digital currency, for an English currency, for a Euro digital currency, and then eventually all other crypto is banned in those countries they're going to give you a window to exchange it that i thought that like literally i literally considered this two years ago or a year and a half ago at least i was thinking to myself like this is possibly going to, this is how the world's going to actually work they're not going to make it illegal outright they're just going to make it illegal eventually once they give you a nice window of like hey we don't want to like turn all you digital currency users away but we also don't want to use we don't want to have uh, currency out there that we don't have control over at some point, and that's how they're going to do it. The good news is it's going to convert a whole bunch of people doing using digital currency. The bad news is the currency you have right now, the whole decentralization, might not work the way you think it's going to work. What are your thoughts? I, I absolutely agree. Um, it would be a shame because it, it defeats the whole object of decentralization, but they need to keep control of the finances, and the only way they're going to yep. do that is by launching their own and i think uh it, it, it i'd be interested to know who's going to be powering it you know sort of the backbone of it is it going to be a totally new sort of currency or or blockchain or is it going to be the likes of ethereum that should be sort of in there with the strength and and proof that they're capable of doing that i don't know i'd be interested to know how it goes uh, and it is worrying but that's probably going to be the realistic view of it um so yeah that's that's my thoughts on it yep i agree i want to welcome some other people to the stage brad i know you were here earlier and i didn't say hi yet so brad what's up man what up what up what up gm dude how you doing good are you on your are you on your gear right now or yeah, I'm at my desk. Okay, cool. You got a little bit, you got you to play with the, I think your audio is being clipped a little bit, so you should probably look into that. Now that I'm an expert in audio, which I'm definitely not, by the way. But um, <laughs> Right, right, right. right. You're, but, you're, but, you are, but you are being clipped. I at least know that language. <laughs> it's being clipped a little bit. It sounds a little fuzzy at the top, so. Big bottom, low, uh, very cut off top. Anyway, uh, Mary Beth, how are you? Welcome to the stage. 
Good morning, Lucas, Leslie. Good morning. Yes, I just came to um, listen a little and engage and contribute where I can. Um, always good to start the morning off with some healthy conversation. Right? Right? All right, cool. Good times. Um, so, yeah, Brett, fix your audio. And, uh, you know, now that I'm the master of audio, you know, just, that, uh, uh, <laughs> does, that sound, does that sound any better? Oh my God. Yeah. I can totally yeah. hear the difference. Yeah. You fixed yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. Cool. So Thanks for all the... your expertise. I, appreciate oh, I mean, that. Hey, you know, I watched the YouTube video, so clearly I'm an expert now. Damn. <laughs> so, Hey, um, Brad, what are your thoughts on this whole thing? Cause I know, I know you're a big decentralized maxi, you are, you are big into all this stuff. What are your thoughts when it comes to like this, this whole, First, like Binance being illiquid. Um, let's talk about that. Then we'll move down to like the digital currency that these governments are going to release. And then we'll talk about Bank of America. Oh, oh man. Oh, man. Uh, All right. Well, uh, let's see here. Uh, so Binance, I feel like they're, you know, I, I don't see like an FTX or a bank run or anything like that happening with Binance. I feel like they're, they're, it's, there's more going on behind the scenes, which is causing a little bit of like a stir. But ultimately, I feel like they're just being proactive in in halting some of the withdrawals and things like that that I saw with, uh, I don't know, was it USD or was it USDC that they were halting? I can't remember which one it was. I honestly, have no, I honestly have no idea. I just know yeah. Binance was kind of like being questioned whether or not they were insolvent or not. I was like, oh God, this is not good. No, no, dude. I think they're, I think they'll be fine. I think they're just being proactive on things to make sure that there is no even slight risk of a bank run or any insolvency issues. I think, I think they're smarter than that, you know, um, mm, and they, they catch I, people it thought early FTX enough. Was, people thought FTX was smarter than that. And I'm not saying... Again, I'm not a conspiracy conspiracy theorist guy, so uh, I just go off of like I kind of like no corporate messaging. Seeing I've been in this, you know, in the business in business for like so long, that this is what FTX said too, right? They first said, "Oh no, we're fine. No, everything's great. We're all solvent." And then like literally days later, they're like, "Oh yeah, so this might be a little hiccup. No big deal." And then uh, a week later, they're like. Yeah, we just declared chapter 11. <laughs> We're basically bankrupt. And you can't, no one can take the money out. I was like, shit. Yeah, so, they got hit real hard. <laughs> yeah, but and that, I'm not saying that's this, okay? I'm not saying that's this, so. Yeah, yeah, I don't I, I don't think it'll be quite that bad. I'll, I'll just say this, you know, ultimately, if, if they do end up having some serious issues with solvency and uh, there is some sort of a bank run, I will be very surprised. I'm not saying it's here? impossible. I, and 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 I know, um, like, hold on, hold on, hold on, oh, hold on. It's hold a on, fucking dude. otter, dude. Yeah, hold on. Let's raise our hands if you're gonna if we're gonna like interrupt the conversation. Otters raise just, hands. Uh, I have no idea what you just said. Yeah, he's. Uh, I said otters raise Depending hands. on what kind of mood he's in, he's. Uh, I don't know, Jimmy. Are you gonna troll today, or are you gonna behave? Bread. Yes, sir. Guys, guys, stop. Let's just keep going. So, Brad, keep yeah. going. So, Bank of so let's go to uh, let's go over to what, what are your thoughts on um, Bank of America? Let's just say the news. Well, of, I, my uh, opinion, of, you know, Bamble has oh. some acid issues on the balance sheet. Yep, totally, Brad. Um, so, Brad, what do you think <laughs> of Bank of America? I mean, like as far as like banks go, I think they're probably one of the worst ones. Um, no, dude. Did you hear the news? <laughs> I know. I'm getting there. I'm getting there. Okay. You know? I'm, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm like, dude, I don't want your opinion of like how their services are. No, 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 no. no, no. Well, I mean, but that's why like ultimately leading into it, like I'm not, I'm not surprised they're having issues. 
you know, with, uh, you know, a lot of the shady business practices they've done and been accused of in the past and kind of been caught, you know, doing, you know, I remember a few years ago, there was all that drama around. They were essentially there's KPIs that their bankers and tellers have to hit as far as like opening new accounts. And so they would just that open was, up. That was, uh, that was a different bank. That was Wells Fargo. Wells Fargo did it too. Yeah. But bank of America, I think got caught doing it too. Um, it wasn't accounts. It was like credit lines. Uh, uh, yeah. Maybe. Yeah. And, I, uh, heard, I didn't hear that news actually. Yeah, and so I think that uh, yeah, I'm not surprised that they're having some issues. Um, I think you know, I feel like they're kind of on that. I mean, not to cause anybody any PTSD here, but the too big to fail kind of thing. You know, I feel like they're sort of in that box to where even if there was something that's going to happen, they'll end up getting government bailouts and things like that. I don't think they're going to completely go away. Yeah, I agree. I don't know anything about the news of uh, Bank of America. I literally heard nothing about Bank of America doing that. All it was was Wells Fargo. I, I am looking at the news right now. I don't see it either. So maybe they just really did, did some really good PR or something like that and or you know, erased it from the internet somehow. I'm not sure how that's possible, but it's possible. You never know if things can happen. So, um, yeah, man, it's it's interesting. This uh, This space is interesting. It just moves so fast. Oh, so open editions, guys. What are your thoughts? I want to hear Leslie first. Tell me what your thoughts are on these crazy open editions, and I will get. I promise, I'll get to you, Mintify. You'll be next, my man. Um, what do you? How do you feel about these open editions? A lot of people are calling them like, "Oh, these people are just like printing money and they're buying Lamborghinis and like fancy trucks, you know, G five hundred wagons and stuff like that." What do you? What are your thoughts? Actually, let's have an open debate. It could be anybody can answer this right now. Who? Like, what do you guys think about like open editions in general? And I'm going to let Leslie go first. I was actually in a space earlier listening about the open edition as well. And um, I'm still trying to process and understand how that works and what the benefit pros and cons about it are from a consumer perspective and what wonders can it do for artists and collectors I think for artists that are true artists, I think it be it can be some wonderful thing. And my understanding is that some people are using it now to um, take pictures of their toes and post them and make money of it. Some people are oh, taking pictures of pencils <laughs> and posting and making money out of that. So that kind of reminds me of those, um, you know, websites that are used in real life where you just uh, post pictures to take. Um, you know, that you take of your body or whatever and are posting them. And I'm like, is that now going to kind of convert into that type of platform? Uh, I mean, for artists, I think it's going to be a great way for them to curate their work, post something and make money quickly off of it. Um, but it's just how it's being used. And is it intended to be used just completely for everything else? Yeah, I I don't disagree. I've never I didn't really know about those. I was I was more referring to the open editions of like these really famous artists that are launching their open editions, like a Jack Butcher or um, you know the Von Doe stuff with the Pepe made out of check marks. So basically, is that it's like a check mark revolution right now of people coming up with like new variations of this artwork, and I, I'm all these people are making millions of dollars off of these open editions and then like having these interesting burn mechanics. I probably should have set the question up a little bit better than just open editions. Um, so that's my fault. So yeah, it's definitely, um, it's definitely interesting and people are actually getting frustrated with these artists, like creating open editions. And 
My take, and by the way, no one has to agree with me on this. <laughs> My take on these open editions is no one's telling you or forcing you or doing anything to manipulate you into buying their open edition. So it's your choice. If you buy something at the store and you don't like it, like it's not the store's fault. You don't like it. Like you tried it. It didn't, it didn't work out and you know, move on. Just don't, just don't go buy that thing at the grocery store again. So that's just my opinion. Go ahead, Mintify. Yeah, I, I can agree with that. Definitely. Um, I just, before I say anything, I want to start off by saying that I definitely have no, um, you know, no qualms with artists releasing their, their art as open editions and selling it. Um, I think, you know, if people, if the art is desirable and people want to buy it, you know, along the lines of what you said, uh, by all means, you know what I mean? Go ahead and buy it. Um, the one thing that I would be, you know, that I am worried about personally is whether or not this is draining a ton of liquidity from the market. I mean, you know, we, you can see after major mints, like um, I mean, other side was a was a clear uh, was a clear example. I mean, right after the other side mint, volume in the NFT market dropped by like you know like ninety percent, um, and it just it sucked tons and tons of liquidity out of the market. Um, and then you see, I mean, certain open editions, you know, making absolutely insane amounts of money. And why are people buying these? I mean, maybe some of them are getting from them for the art. I can't speak on individuals specifically, um, but I think a lot of people that are buying these are just buying into the hype. In, you know, in hopes that they can make money. Um, and, you know, that's that's fine. It's their decision to do. But it doesn't mean that it's not going to have, you know, greater complications for the market. Um, and I, I do think that's something to consider, not that we can really do anything about it anyway. Um, yeah. And yeah. It, it is fine, but <laughs> but it, that doesn't mean it's not going to have complications for the market. Yeah, I mean, I don't see. Here's my here's my take on that statement. Which, by the way, totally legit statement, totally legit take. I just think like, I don't know why why I just don't see it draining liquidity. Just because there's are if they have the liquidity to buy it in the first place, I mean, it's their money. They can buy whatever they want to buy. You know, like if someone decides to let's just say launch like a consumer packaged good of some kind to this marketplace and you know, people buy a whole bunch of, you know, CPG items from somebody. I don't see that as like draining liquidity. I see that as someone wants to buy something and in at scale and, um, you know, they want it and I get it because they're, spe they're, most of these people are speculating. There was a guy I heard the other night, I was in a space, I think it was over the weekend and he bought a whole bunch of these checks from Jack Butcher, which by the way, I, I don't understand it, the check stuff myself, it seems uh, it seems very like Pac, the, the artist Pac with like uh, Mass. He um, he did the same thing, but like his stuff, I don't think his stuff is worth anything now. Um, I think this is kind of like a revolution of like free, like close to free. It was eight dollars a check. This guy actually sold his CryptoPunk, sold his Cool Cats, sold his Apes, his Bored Apes to buy go all in on this open edition. He he bought like two hundred and something like 237 checks and a crazy, spent a crazy amount. I mean, think about it. He liquidated like these huge assets. I would never have liquidated a crypto punk myself, but unless I needed the money, of course. Yeah. And they're spending and like, they're going all in on these open editions. I don't know if it's going to work out for them or not. I hope it does, especially for the guy who spent so much money on this stuff. So mad respect to him. Um, seemed like a good dude. I'll probably have him on the show tomorrow. If I can, if I can rally him up, Real nice guy. So we'll see. We'll, we'll, we'll understand the, 
his take on it probably by tomorrow. So just look for my show tomorrow and you'll be able to get a little bit more insight on that. Go ahead, Brad. It's your turn, man. Go ahead, Brad. Sorry, dude. Uh, yeah, man. I, uh, the open edition meta is interesting. Um, I don't see it lasting very long to be completely honest. You know, I think that it's here for now. Um, but realistically, it's kind of just like, uh, I see it as like a hundred percent kind of just like a hype driven mint, you know, where it's like the window's closing, you got to get some, it's only open for a certain number of hours and blah, blah, blah. And I, I don't know. I mean, I, I don't see it sticking. You know, I'm stoked for the creators that are, you know, able to make some, make some change off of it. But, um, yeah, I don't know. I don't, I don't think it's here to stay. Yeah, I think it's a. I also think it's the phase. It can't, none of these, none of these phases stick around. Um, everybody's taking advantage of it now, and uh, it's just like any of the other free mints that happened. You know, um, and I'm not hating on goblins, but goblins was a free mint. You know, a whole bunch of other ones that came out that were like mimicked goblins, like hobos and all sorts of like you know I don't remember all of them trolls stuff like that. Um, there was another one. I think that this was a free mint. Like we're all going to, I think, I think it was called we're all going to die or something like that. So I don't know. I don't know. Uh, I don't know about this stuff. You know what I mean? Like we have to, I have to figure it out and, uh, hopefully all this stuff works out. Right. So good times. What are you, what's your take on it face? I didn't hear anything from you, man. <laughs> Do you know what? I was, I was sitting here quietly thinking that, uh, uh, I should I should not be contributing because I, I just don't understand it. Um, I, I look at it and I I just completely see it as a fad. Uh, I don't think it's going to be around very long, um, and I, I just yeah, it doesn't make sense in my head, uh, and that's maybe I'm not in the right place. But I also look at all the creative artists that are, are creating their sort of beautiful pieces one of ones and and the open editions just for me don't work I, it is going to be a fad and hopefully it's not going to be around long i do hope the people that have put their money in uh do make uh life-changing uh outcomes from it but uh maybe that is going to be short-lived i really think it's short-lived yeah that's definitely a take um i have i have a couple of open editions Rum, uh, one from this artist named uh, Ruben, and he's an amazing photographer. He, he takes pictures of these like neon signs in the middle of nowhere. It's really, it's really, really cool. Neon shapes, like circles, things like that. Great artist. I could never afford his work. Um, and then he did this open edition. I was like, okay, now I have a, a Ruben, you know what I mean? And um, Vincent Van Doe released the check marks in a rare Pepe face, kind of like. Um, you know, basically just like a rare Pepe, just shaped, you know, the outline of a rare Pepe. I have one of those too. Cause I was just like, you know what? I know who Vincent Van Doe is. I'm going to buy one of these. And you know, the price has gone up very little, but you know, at the end of the day, I'm not really buying it for, you know, I think most people aren't buying. I mean, maybe they are actually, I don't really know. All I know is I'm buying it for the person behind it, not for it, not to speculate on it. And also it's super reasonably priced. It's like eight bucks. Like the, uh, the Vincent Van Doe was, I think I spent 14 bucks on it. And then the, uh, the other one I got from Ruben was 30 bucks. Like they're just, why not? You know what I mean? They're kind of like a why not piece. And if it goes up, cool. If it doesn't, I have pieces from artists I actually think are awesome. 
You know, yeah. that's how I see it. I, I have to say that 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 is a very good way of looking at it because obviously it it does make it accessible. Um, but as as a life changing investment, probably not. Um, you know, I think I think it's great the fact that people can buy these things and go, yes, I've got a piece of that. But uh, for me, if I've got a, a one of five thousand, it's not so unique and it's not so special. Um, but that's just my viewpoint. But I, I think completely, if you're saying uh, to buy in and you've got a piece of history, then then great. And you just don't see it as a sort of value piece. It's just the fact that you own it and you think it's special. Yeah, I think that's I think that's how I see it. Actually, I really definitely do see it that way. And it's not one of five thousand, dude. It's way more than that. It's one of like, I think the minimum is like one of like fifteen thousand. And I have one of like, I don't remember what Vincent Van Doe's how many there were, but I think it was two hundred and thirty thousand. Like, I was going to say it's <laughs> over a hundred thousand for sure. So I gave that guy uh, money, um, and. I'm okay with it. It was my decision to buy it. You know what I mean? Like it's not anybody else's to blame. He didn't suck liquidity out of the marketplace because of that, because it was, you know, it was like ridiculously cheap. I like rare Pepe's. Like I like this, you know, the history of them. I don't really know like if there's like some hidden meeting of a Pepe or anything like that, but I just like the, I like the historical things and he made this cool check mark shape Pepe. So I thought that was interesting. So I'm pretty happy Pretty happy holding on to both Rubens and the, you know, Vincent Van Doe's pieces. And of course, if I had a check, I definitely, you know, and the checks originally sold for like eight bucks. If I had a check, there's no question I would have flipped it for an ETH. <laughs> so an eight dollar check, it would have, it would have like blown out of my wallet. I, well, I think it was, <laughs> I, I, unless I'm wrong, wasn't it uh, 1.9 yesterday? So yeah, it hit. To, it's over two, I think, even right now. Yeah, yeah. Um, I can't be sure just because I haven't looked at it in a little while. But it was uh, there. There's there's definitely a run happening, and uh, I think it's going to keep continuing to go. And I think it is just like anything else. There's like cycles of art in this space, where it's like first it's the, you know, first it's the PFP collections, then it's like one of one art, which you know started the whole phase of like this, the bull market in 2021, and then it and then it turned into the free mints, and then it turned into. I mean, there's just everything. There's then there's games. There's passive staking. There's active staking. You know all that stuff that. We went through all these phases and I think we're like going to repeat those phases again and again and again. And eventually we're going to like new people are going to enter the space and the, the, all that stuff can be repeated. So I don't know, rinse and repeat yeah. as far as I can but see. But I don't see it as draining liquidity. As you say, you know, people yeah, are just putting money in and it's small amounts of money unless you're putting everything in. Um, but it, it's not draining liquidity. It's just probably keeping it fresh because people are looking at this and there's a new meta and they're, they're jumping on and getting excited. So it's probably not going to hurt the, the, the whole sort of economy. It's, in fact, it's probably going to just give it that little boost because it's something fresh, something different. Yeah, I mean, it, no, I don't think anybody would be trading right now if it wasn't for this stuff. You know, like the degenerate, the degenerate market is very much like in control of like the fads that are happening right now. And uh, you know, the guy who kicked it off again. I just want to say one more thing, and I will pass it over to Mentify. Jack Butcher's super talented, man. Like he's released a bunch of open editions that didn't go anywhere, and this time it it popped. And you know, if there's something he knows, that, and I know this as well. Iterate, 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 iterate until you get it right. And he got it right. It popped. And, uh, you know, congratulations to him. Uh, go ahead, Minfoy. 
I agree with pretty much everything that was just said. I just want to, especially the iteration part. I mean, I, I did notice, you know, he he had a, he had a few collections and they just didn't really catch on. And then this one, this one happened to be the you know the right thing for at the right time in the market. And his other collections are getting attention now too. Um, I just wanted to, I really wanted to, you know, clarify on the liquidity drain that I said. I don't, you know, I by no means think individual artists are are you know themselves draining liquidity from the market but as a whole you know all of this money that is going to individual people that isn't necessarily going back into the market does you know does compile on top of each other because so much of this you know specifically the nft market is just ethereum exchanging hands you know it goes back and forth and back and forth and a lot of the ethereum coming into the market isn't new you know what i mean it's just baked off of the profits of other people's flips so realistically it does you know it, it does pull money out of the market um and that's nobody's really fault it's the it's the state of the market at this time i mean it's driven by degens we are technically still in a bear market that that's when the most you know uh, you know wild speculations are going to occur um and you know even even people and this is again like it's not an attack against absolutely anybody yep even the people that are going in you know going and buying these things because they want it that is as you said completely fine but the money is leaving the market and going to you know in general you know a a small group of people compared to you know exchanging hands as it normally is for for trading that's really what i meant along the lines of you know pulling quitty out of the market and here my dog goes here's somebody outside barking so let me address this but um (laughs) yeah i just i just wanted to I wanted to make sure that it, you know, nobody thought I was attacking any individual artist. You know what I mean? I definitely don't think. No, that. we didn't. I didn't take that at all. Is that, dude? You're you're good, man. You don't have to defend yourself. I will defend you if I have to. Even, man, you're you're a good person, and uh, yeah, we know what's up. Don't worry about it, man. I didn't think that way. I don't think any of us thought that way. So you're good. What? So yeah, go ahead, Fasero. <laughs> I, I, just a quick, quick question to mintify there. Um, you say you saying about the money so you're going to individuals and and uh, the potential, uh, obviously draining of the market. Um, I, I just had a, a thought that came through my head, and, and as a poker player, I haven't played for a while, but I, I do enjoy a game now and again. Um, but if you look at the games within poker, you know, it's sort of the money troubles up. Yeah, that's what happens, and and you can equate it to the same with the artists that are putting this out, and and they're taking the money uh, and potentially draining the market. But do you not find that those people just play at high stakes? You know, I know the poker players would be just playing high stakes, and you know the the big businessmen come in at the top and feed it, and it all trickles down one way or another. Um, you know, the the people that are getting the the money, they're probably just buying in at a bigger stage so they're going for the apes and they're going for the crypto punks one way or another it's still staying in the market is am am i wrong in that thought well it's a little bit different you know when when you go buy an nft from somebody else versus when one person you know you know makes 200k you know uh the ethereum that you send to somebody else in exchange for their nft goes to that other individual nft holder not necessarily the artist other than the royalties um and then what are they going to do with those profits i mean typically they'll just go buy more nfts and it'll be recycled back into the market compared to when somebody is you know making 200 can an open edition and again not at all attacking anybody for going and you know doing whatever they want with that money that's entirely fine they made that money they didn't you know as long as they didn't say what they were going to go and do with it and then did something else there's absolutely nothing wrong with that but that money is you know generally leaving the market 
rather than being recycled back into it. Like it is when somebody, you know, a high roller goes and buys a board eight from somebody else. They made that, you know, 80 ETH and they're going to go spend that 80 ETH on probably, you know, maybe 40 or 50 or 80 ETH worth of other NFTs. Okay, I, I appreciate you clearing that up. Uh, it was just something that was bouncing around in my head. So I'm pleased you, you were able to bounce back at that. I, I agree with what you said, though. I mean, it, it is very, it is similar. Um, it, there's just a, there's a slight difference in the fact that, you know, how that how that kind of works. You know what I mean? Like one of them is kind of is kind of leaving the scene more so than the other, but it is similar. I, it, I definitely see where you're coming from. Right. Oh, snap. We got Tim Cook in the audience. He better come up here and say what's up. He probably won't, though, just because I called him out now. That's, that's not the, that's not the Tim Cook of Apple. Can, by I, the way. Ask Tim you, Cook to... can I ask you guys a question? Yeah. Did anybody um, hear about the FBI seizing 260,000 in NFTs and cryptocurrency after a tip-off tip by a Twitter user? Yes. That was awesome. Yeah, I did see that. What do you know yeah, about well, it? Can you tell me more? I think they own a board ape now, and that's for sure. I don't know a ton. I believe, yeah, I believe they confiscated an ape and a doodle and like 85 ETH or something like that. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong. I think the tip was from Zach XPT. Uh, it could have, but there's a few, uh, you know, a few people that do stuff like that, uh, you know, on crypto Twitter, but I think it was him. Um, it's just, it's just cool to see, you know, action actually being taken from somebody's, you know, work investigating, uh, you know, other scan transactions and whatnot. Yeah, it's definitely interesting. I don't know. I I, uh, I think it's also, I think it kind of goes against the ethos of the space, though. Like, like is it? Do, does it? I mean, I remember coming into the space like two years ago, and people were like, I had my pro, my real profile picture on, and they were like, he's a Fed. <laughs> they were like, get him out of here. He's a Fed. Get him out of here. He's a Fed. I'm like. Okay, so, I don't know how I'm a Fed, but okay. Got it. What are you saying, funny, Leslie? But um, I guess what I was trying to read on the article as I'm here, but I was like, let me ask to see if anybody knows. So what I'm understanding is that it was seized from people that did phishing attacks, correct? And things like that. That. Yeah, it was some foreign scammer. Yeah. Oh, I didn't know. So here's the thing: I don't know anything about the the whole seizing from phishing attacks i actually think it was um they was i thought it was like a group of people that just kept doing um nft projects you know promising a whole bunch of like utility and stuff like that and then like you know disappearing from the project and then launching another one and then disappearing from the project and launching another one and then launching another one and they were making money off of that i didn't know about this other one where you said it was phishing attack because that would be amazing i would be really happy if people crack down on the people who are like s literally stealing from people, you know, clicking on a link and they were draining people's wallets. Like if you were able to find those people, that would be amazing. That would change everything. The problem is yeah. busting one of them isn't going to do anything except for make headlines. They're not really making progress. You know, they're like, Oh, look at us. We seized a bunch of drugs at the border. And they all like stand there and take pictures with this big stack of like, whatever drug it is. And then, you know, like the next day, you know, uh, you know, hundreds, if not thousands of tons of drugs makes it through the border. again. So like, it's, it's literally like what I call vanity metrics, what everybody calls in the business world, vanity metrics. doesn't really matter your numbers if you're actually not really having a, a widespread effect, you know, like I could look good. I can present to you on a PowerPoint presentation. How, how awesome 
the company's doing. And then if you look at the balance sheet, like it's negative 90% in revenue, it doesn't matter. You can always look good on a PowerPoint presentation. It's all about, are you really making a difference? You know, like if they confiscate one board ape, is that going to send a signal to everybody else? Like, Hey, stop doing this. No, it's not. Especially people who are literally draining people's wallets. Like those guys have no scruples in the first place. Like they're just going to go, okay, well we need to find a way to do this in a smarter way. Like seize my shit. I'll just go steal it from somebody else. That's what they do. You know, like if they seize um, crypto and a wallet and all that, or, or an ape or NFTs from somebody else, like from one of their drainer, draining wallets, they'll just go and create another draining wallet and re, redo the entire thing. I actually think it was from um, a group that was doing, you know, 10, 20 NFT projects and just like changing and using the same exact playbook. Um, buying like hundreds of thousands of followers for Twitter, buying like, you know, a whole bunch of people in the Discord and botting up their Discord, making it look like they're legit. And then, uh, you know, taking, taking you know, five, $10 million off of a project, then launching another one, taking five or $10 million, then launching another one, taking five or $10 million. And, uh, you know, I've I've been caught up in even those things. But, you know, no one forced me, guys, to mint those NFTs. No one for I, I minted a couple of passes back in like July. I think it was July of 2021 for a project that will, will remain nameless. Um, and no one forced me to buy them, right? I was buying digital assets, hoping that I could mint some things that would eventually go up in price. And what I minted was a cool you know, mint pass spinning around, um, in my wallet and it didn't really do anything. It didn't, you know, I found out I got kicked out of the discord for asking questions, things like that, just for asking a question like, Hey guys, like, uh, when did I, basically my question was, Hey, when, when does the mint start? Cause it got delayed. It got delayed and delayed and delayed. The mint just kept getting delayed. And I was like, well, what's going on here? Why can't I mint? I just want to mint my NFTs. If they go up, cool. If they don't, all right, I tried, you know, like I would have been completely satisfied and I'm still satisfied. I no one forced me to spend money on those those mint passes. You know what I mean? Like I did it in speculation of making more money. I spent that money. It wasn't the scammers who were like creating a project just to collect my money from a mint pass and then not give me NFTs. And if they gave me NFTs, they they had fulfilled their mission to me. Um but, you know, I was salty about it for maybe a day or two and then just moved on. I didn't talk about it ever again. You guys are probably hearing from this from me right now for the first time. And it was like literally July of 2021. So, uh, yeah, it happens. Like, just be careful and do your own research. Listen to the listen to the founders of projects. Are they using their real names? Are they not real people? Where are they located? Are they in like, you know, another country? If they're in another country, I mean, that's one I'm not saying that's a bad thing, but that would be that would raise my red flag radar up right away and go, all right, these people are saying they're in France, and we now they just said they're in Dubai. Which one is it? And you know what I mean? Like a lot of you gotta be kind of like a little bit of a detective when you're looking at these projects. Like, is their story matching up before I mint? No, because they said this, now they're saying this. They said this, now they're doing this. Those things are the things that you know, the question marks, if you're going to mint a project and I'm not talking about these open editions, the key is check out their Twitter handle, 
see when they actually got their Twitter followers. You, there's plenty of tools out there to see like how quickly a Twitter handle grew and when it grew. And um, then go to their Discord if they have one. Check out their Discord. Is their community like crazy, crazy active? Well, how long has their Discord been around? If it's crazy active and there's like a ton of people in there, it looks like, you know, 50,000 people are in their Discord. I would start questioning whether that's real or not and ask questions, like not crazy questions, not like when, when, when moon, uh, when Lambo, you know, stupid questions like that. Don't be a troll. Go in there and ask a real question like, hey, I bought a mint pass. When is the, when's the mint? If you say, hey, I bought a mint pass, when's the mint? And you get kicked out of the discord. <laughs> that's, that's a red flag. If um, you come in and you bought like, let's just say you buy five NFTs from a, a project and you go, okay, guys, what's the next step of the project? And they're like, yo, it's, a, it's, it's an art project. There is no next step. And you keep like going after them after you, you know, the roadmap is very clear what, it's, what they're trying to do. It's an art project. It's this, it's that. There is no like guarantee. Then the guarantee is you bought some, you know, you bought an NFT and it's, a, it's access to a community. You bought access and you have not only bought access, but you bought access and you bought the right to be inside of a community and feel like be a part of a community. I think that's what NFTs right now are. Like the biggest utility you can have for an NFT is access to people in that project. Like not, obviously not, hey, you you know, you have a life debt. The project founders don't have a life debt, life debt to you. Um, on top of that, you get access to a community and to be like be a member of it. It's like being a fan. When you go to like a football game, you're buying a ticket to that game. You're buying access to watch that team play in real life. When you buy the jersey that goes with it, you not only buy access to the game, you're buying access to the community with that jersey. Because now you're saying, hey, I'm one of you. And everybody's giving you high fives. And you're now part of the community. You're part of that tribe. So you have to think of NFTs like that. Now, if you're thinking of NFTs as a flip, as a commodity, whatever the case may be for you, then I think you're doing it wrong. I mean, don't get me wrong. You can definitely make money during a bull market flipping things. I did definitely. And uh, just, just be careful of your expectations in these things. Because if you're buying it for flippage, for flipping it, and you are not successful at flipping it, or the bear a bear market hits, or any any question mark, you know, like, oh, it didn't go up. You can be mad, you can be salty, all those other things, but no one forced you to buy something. <laughs> no one forced you to buy the ticket of the team you're going to watch play. No one forced you to buy the jersey. If you're unhappy with the team, if you're unhappy with the game, if you are unhappy with the community at the at the stadium. Don't ever wear your jersey again. Give it away or sell it, you know, sell it on eBay. And just don't buy a ticket anymore. Leave the community. You know, that's, that's what you do. And change the channel when they come on TV. I don't know. That's just my two cents, guys. What are your thoughts on that? Is there, a, is there another outlook on this? What do you guys think? Anybody's just unmute your mic and just talk. Anybody. <laughs> Seriously, no one has an opinion. I have an opinion, I, but it's more so that you know when you were talking about uh, the the discords and and the attitude of people in there. Um, I, I think people soon forget 
that when they're in projects that, uh, as, as you quite rightly say, it's like the access is not access all areas. Um, but it's also down to the, the founders to make sure that they're doing their bit for the community. And it is about building a tribe. It is about building the community. And you've got to make sure that's strong. But, um, yeah, I, I completely agree with your viewpoint on it. Yeah, I mean, it's tough to not, it's tough to not to think that it's something else. You know what I mean? Like it, at this point, unless they're like saying we're going to build a game and this and that, and they they don't end up building the game or they don't end up building some grandiose thing that they are actually say they were going to build. Like that's a roadmap that's like locking them into some kind of guarantee, and you're like you're buying into that guarantee of hey, we're going to do this guaranteed. Even the guarantees. And I'm not defending project founders who are saying uh, we're building a, you know, a play to earn game and they have no intention on building the game. Like we don't even know, I don't even know their intentions. Like maybe they did intend to build a play to earn game and they just failed at it. And they're so embarrassed that they failed at it that they just don't talk about it anymore. But you, I don't know. You, just, you do have to be careful though when you're on the discords. Um, it, this is one thing I noticed. I, I don't, I'm not involved in that anymore, but it is something that I noticed when I was grinding away uh, when I first got involved in, in the space. Um, you know, you see some of the projects and obviously they buy in the, the numbers. I remember being part of a, a server that went from, I think it was about two, 3,000 members and the activity was decent, it was okay, but all of a sudden, literally within 48 hours, hours, it went to 30,000 members. But strangely enough, the activity didn't increase as it was so obvious that they just bought that. So I think, as you say, you've just got, you've got to be careful. You've got to do your own research and just pay close attention to, to what's going off. Um, yeah. It, and, and, yeah and, make, and you know what? Make small bets, like just like we do, like venture capitalists do this too, guys. Make small bets and you're not going to win every bet. Just understand like that's how this works. If you buy an NFT for speculation and it go, you know, for 50 bucks, hundred bucks, 200 bucks and it works cool. And you were able to flip it and, and do what you want. But so a lot of people buy it for an access key to get to a community. I buy my NFTs because of the community. That's always my driver community and art. And I have to admit a lot of the art is really bad. So anybody that, I don't know. Yeah, it's each their own, right? Hey, Adam, what's up, my man? Good to have you. What's up, man? What are you? What are you guys talking about today, brother? We're, well, we were talking about a lot of things, like Binance. Uh, we were talking, you know, a little bit insolvency of Binance, possibly. I don't really know. We were talking about Bank of America, talking about like defaulting on their debt. We were mostly talking positive, though. We weren't really going negative because I'm not a big negative guy. But what's up with you, man? Oh man, I just got off a uh, just flying back from Dubai. I'm stuck in Miami for like a six-hour layover. Uh, oh, dude, yeah. sorry to hear that. But it's all good, man. I, I was on, uh, yeah. So I was in Dubai for the Shitoshi Roundtable Conference, and um, thanks, thanks for the invite. <laughs> it was a last. Trust me, it was a last minute. They, they were uncertain if they wanted to invite the NFT dude over there. Uh, <laughs> I, I, you know, it was definitely. I was definitely an outlier. Um, it was not. Was not a normal uh, Satoshi Roundtable. Uh, you know, member. That's for sure. So um, yeah, I mean, it's it's interesting. Definitely, uh, Binance 
that's a discussion point that's on the table right um what do you think about it man do you do you think there's uh there's, well, there's smoke there's a little bit of fire and this could hurt us yeah i mean my gut goes to you know any of these centralized exchanges are at risk um i mean it's just what we see right this is just across the board um whether cz or not is of the same level of as sbf my gut says no he's a different person um but yeah, it's just, I mean, this is, this is what we're trying to get away from, right? As a community, yep. I think this is what we're, we're moving away from. Um, that said, even in the people who want to get away from it, there is still this drive to have kind of centralized control, build systems around it, because there's money to be made doing that, right? Um, there's wealth generation to happen. But there, there are these just kind of external risks when you do this stuff. And, uh, you know, and so it's, you know, my personal feeling is, is it's definitely on the table and it's at risk, but you know, who knows, man, I'm not a trader and I, you know, people with uh, deeper knowledge have, have a uh, better understanding of that. I honestly, I don't think anybody really knows probably except CZ and his closest, uh, compatriots. Right. Uh, yeah, yeah, I agree. But, uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it was, it was definitely one of the touch points and, and talking points. Right. Which was like, oh, how do we miss the SBF thing? How do we possibly miss that? Right. And uh, and, you know, but at the same time, it's like, well, look, why aren't we diving deeper on what's going on with Binance? Right. And uh, I think there's a lot of this, you know, we don't really want to know the truth. Type of I, thing. Was like, I was just going to say that. I was just going to say that. Let's let's just <laughs> let it ride and hope well, maybe maybe rising price, maybe Bitcoin goes up to 40,000 and saves everything. Right. And, you know, that's possible. Right. I mean, you know, I don't know. I have no idea. Um, but there is kind of this vibe. Well, let's just maybe it, maybe it pulls through. Right. And uh, maybe, maybe not. Who knows? You know, it's all speculation. And I'm completely speculating along with everybody else. So really, it's just kind of gut feel and vibes. But the, the gut feel is based on this understanding that when you have centralized exchanges and you have people making trades, making, you know, bets and, and taking um, risky positions, uh, it just doesn't end well. I mean, how how many times do we have to see somebody like SBF where he had every advantage in the world and he still couldn't make money, right? How incredible is that? Yeah. Um, you know, and, you know, it just says how hard it is, right? How hard it is to take leverage positions and actually make money. That's why I just don't recommend trading. It's just, you, you are against the best of the best geniuses in the world with the most money and advanced techniques and they can't even make money at it. Like, it just shows you how hard it is. Um, yeah, I couldn't agree with you more on that one. Um, I, to a uh, to a brighter note, what do you think of the Bank of America uh, defaults on their debt? <laughs> wait, what? No, no, this I didn't hear. Did I? Just oh land, yeah, I just dude, landed, it, get to fill me in. What happened? Bank of America literally said to uh, you know basically CEOs like, yeah, we might have to default on our our debt. Um, kind of like too big to fail, two thousand eight kind of a scenario. Um, <laughs> you got to Google this after the show. Bro, you can't, <laughs> I mean, look again, back to this same thing. It's like, well, do we want centralized institutions or do we want decentralized institutions? Right. And look, centralized, because, <laughs> maybe we want centralized, man. Look, at this point, as, yes. As long as you can print more money, um, you can always bail them out. Right. I mean, that's part of the deal with the centralized institutions and the, um, and the fed is that they can always print more money. And so these guys can never actually, I mean, do any of us believe, you know, Bank of America is going under? 
No, uh, definitely right? not. No, definitely yeah. not, right? Uh, and the reason for that is they can just print more, right? And uh, print more, you can make more, and it'll all be fine, you know, as long as we're fine with unlimited money printing. So uh, it's, it's, <laughs> it's fantastic, man. It's like how many times we have to learn this lesson. Maybe it's infinite number of times. It, it, we may need to learn this for the rest of days. I don't know. Yeah, it's interesting for sure. I don't know how to feel about it either. So let, let's try to move on to a little bit more. I'm, hopefully this is a positive topic. Maybe it's not. What do you think of the open edition craze right now that's happening? Like literally everybody's dropping an open edition. Like it all started with Jack Butcher, of course. But what what what's going on now? Tell me, tell me your thoughts from from that meta of the checks all the way forward. Yeah, I think um, it's uh, people just follow money, man. People just, especially the NFT space, is amazing because it's. Um, you know, I I don't know if I've ever been involved in a space that adapts and moves quicker. Um, I don't know if you feel the same way. Totally do. Yep. But, but I mean, you, you see these cycles, these up and downs and, and movements with such pace. It's incredible. And uh, that makes me very help, hopeful because innovation can happen at, a, uh, you know, just on a in a day, literally. And um, but of course, what you see with that is you see immediate copycats and most of them are going to fail. Like I, I, I popped in in the space where you're like, you know, most of of uh you know bit most businesses fail right yeah. most yep. stuff that's happening in web3 right now is failing and failing but it's failing quick like it's failing within like two weeks right yep. um so it, it's like a i don't even I, i've never been involved with something so incredible exciting disappointing yet hopeful at the same time it's um it's this awesome mix you have to know what it is uh to to not get completely wrecked because you will get completely wrecked if you think this is like you know, this is magic or something like you will, you will get completely crushed. Um, yeah. Like, like not accepting, uh, you know, 10 million or a hundred million dollars oh, for like, uh, <laughs> that was awesome. I don't know how many people in this space caught that, that check. No, space. they, they definitely didn't dude. So tell, um, fill them in, fill them in. Cause so, we were both so, in the space. It was hilarious. So this us. was a space, um, and it was, was it Saturday or was it Saturday or was it like, know. Sunday night. I, I can't remember now. My, I, I was in Dubai, so I, I don't know what, even what day it was. But it was, um, it, we were talking history and NFT history and stuff. But then we moved on to the checks, and in the space was one of these check whales, and he was oh, like, from what everybody was saying, he's like basically the largest check holder, and it bought the majority of his bag at at mint at eight bucks, and it had like I think I want to say like five or six hundred checks, you know, at mint price. But yep. he had also he had also bought like the best of the best one for like eleven ETH, and he had had a, a a legit full set offer, so his entire bag for a thousand ETH. So whatever that is today, I don't know, sixteen one point six million something like that. Mm -hmm. um, turned it down, um, which, which you know. <laughs> Which is, you know, to to you and I, Lucas, we're old school, you know. That's, <laughs> but like, that's check insane. Please, check please. Like, like it, it's funny because <laughs> the guy actually told an interesting story before he got on, you know, as he got on the space, he told us a little bit about his history, right? Yeah, that was so a we, really good story. So we kind of, yeah. he, he seemed like a regular, normal dude. And so, but we had some idea of his net worth. I'm right? not so it, sure he was a regular, normal dude when he's no, like, I mean, know, he, he, he inherited had, a hospital. Yeah, he inherited like a small, <laughs> I, I got more of the vibe of like, uh, uh, you know, an emergency, like, you know, walking clinic type of thing. But yeah, it's a hospital. But I mean, I got the fee, I got the vibe he probably had, okay, uh, let's say a million dollars in net worth. 
maybe two million dollars in net worth like nothing to sneeze at like that's awesome but not like this isn't a, somebody who's worth a deck a million dollars or you know anything like that i mean right. i definitely didn't get that vibe gotcha. um that's what I, that was my vibe so you know 1.5 million dollars even after is still whatever seven eight hundred thousand dollars that's like that's still like for literally four day a four day flip is the greatest four day flip you're you know if you get one of those in your lifetime you've you've hit like the grand salami like it just doesn't happen in real life um yep. nft yep. world yeah it have we've seen it happen but still it's a once in a lifetime uh money off the table but the funny thing was so he said no i wasn't going to do it and, but then the the host was gave this you know well let's let's do the hypo hypothetical like if somebody was like hey 10 million would you take 10 million and he literally goes fuck that no fucking way and i was like what <laughs> what kind of crazy talk yep. you just that you would be like no way and and then he like just as a kicker he's like i probably wouldn't even sell for a hundred million i, and I couldn't was like, believe that dude. i was like, I was like bro what? now i don't even know if we're talking just crazy to this is like he's just boisterous now or what because that just it just doesn't make any sense um and the only other time I see stuff like this is when you just get, I mean, and he made, he just seemed really rational. So it didn't seem like he was one of those just full, like crazy people. Like you do get the crazy people who just love something. I don't know. Like I've seen, like there's a Doge guy who, who bought Doge, you know, and his entire net worth is in Doge and he's never selling his Doge. Right. Like you just get crazy people. Um, he didn't seem like that. Like, he just, it was just, it was strange, man. It's strange to see somebody like that. Um, yeah, I thought it was really, I, I thought it was really weird too. I was, because he definitely said, I'm I'm not accepting anything for less than 11,000 ETH. That was his, <laughs> that was his number. No joke. That was, that's what he said. I remember it well. I was like, what? Like, what does he have that's worth 111,000 ETH? Like, that's crazy money. I and, mean, yeah. It's different if it's like, like I could understand if he had invested, like he had sold his dad's hospital and invested in, I don't know, crypto punks or he had bought autoglyphs and totally. he was like, dude, I love these. And these are, I believe these are, a, 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 these are Matisse's, you know, you just don't sell them until like it's time to, you know, pass them down to your children or something like that. I kind of would, would get, so it's just off the table. But these are checks, dude. They're five days old, bro. <laughs> what yeah. are we talking about here? What yeah, are we to, talking about? To me, I was like, why would you not? Like someone offered him, he said someone offered him like something like $10 million for everything that he had. And he said no to it. Like F you, buddy. And I'm like, dude, how much? Like in my mind, I, I want to ask him. And I'm not saying that he's wrong. I'm just saying like that's to me – that is crazy. You know, like I would have been like, heck yeah, here's, here's my, here's my bag of checks. <laughs> I mean, like, I, I know like, of course, like I, I would say, you know, cause we get asked too. I'm sure you get asked as well, Lucas. It's like, well, what do I do? Sell or don't sell or look, and, and <laughs> the advice can be wrong. Like we might tell you to sell and what you just sold for a million dollars goes up to $5 million, you know? Yeah, but, but it could come also, on. It's like, a win no but, matter what. But, but, but that's a win. I mean, we've talked about this a lot. Like, yeah. you know, for, for the vast majority of people here, um, you know, who maybe are, you know, 
paycheck to paycheck or even better or somewhat better off if if you can have you know if you can take your kid's college education fund off the table after four days you know it might be a good idea, you know. I don't know. It's like, <laughs> come on, man. <laughs> come on, man. You know, um, you know. General, general rule of advice. It's like I don't know. I, yeah. I, it, I mean, I'm all for playing the long game, and I do play the long game, you know. But sometimes you gotta, you gotta be rational. But anyway, he was irrational, and who knows? Maybe he hits it, you know, monster. I have no idea what's it doing in the last couple of days since since that space. Yeah, it's a it's a good question. I honestly haven't looked at checks recently. I know I know that it went up to at one point it was over two ETH, and I was like, what? Like it didn't even make any sense to me. But you know, there's like burn mechanics that I'm not aware of. Um, I love the artist. Don't get me wrong. Yeah, okay, I was wrong. It's at two point two five ETH right now, floor. Bro, so, if he had sold, he would have lost a million dollars. We're idiots, dude. What do you know? <laughs> no. So here's the thing: like, we're, you don't lose by you know one hundred xing your money. If you could like you know wait a couple of days and two hundred x your money, you still win. Like what? I don't even understand the. And I know there's like some kind of paradox or rule around it. But here's the deal: if I have a dollar. And I can turn that dollar into ten dollars. I'm gonna do it. And you know what? Maybe, maybe there's a you know a two percent chance I could turn that one dollar into a hundred. You know, two weeks down the road. No, it's not me, dude. I'm not a gambler. I am a guy. I'm an analytics guy. You know, if it if it just analytics wise, it makes sense. It's gonna happen. So, yeah. The the the, be, the best when I, I discussed this with a couple of people, and the best rationale I heard was that. Oh, what he's actually doing is in order to maintain any value of these, uh, you have to have a group of holders who are like, we're never selling. And yeah, that yeah. create that that creates a, um, you know, just doubles down on the FOMO. Um, mm-hmm. So him being the kind of leader of that or, you know, certainly the biggest bag holder, um, him saying I'm never selling kind of puts out this like, oh, well, those, you know, 500 or 800 are off the table, including the big, you know, the best ones he has. So it creates this like enhances the FOMO um, and enhances the uh, the hype around it, which totally made sense, honestly, like that, that, you know, I actually get that from a strategy standpoint, you know? Yeah. You know what? Uh, I actually think, Adam, just so you know, like I didn't even think of this until right now, because you're, you know, obviously a more, much more genius in this stuff than I am. He could have actually been in that space. And and maybe he was just telling people what he thought, you know what I mean? What he thought would actually make the project price go up. And he probably was just like, I'm never selling. And as he was selling, he was listing some probably. Right. Like, like, that's exactly right. That would make, <laughs> now, now that would make complete sense in the NFT yeah. space, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I didn't sense. even think of it until you said something. Yeah. Was, oh my God. He's probably listing them, listing them right now. The yeah. price just, the floor just went up on the, on checks, by the way. So, As uh, we're talking about, we're pumping it up for him, man. Oh God, <laughs> two point. It went. It went up from like two point three one to now it's two point three seven. That's funny, so, man. Yeah, amazing. I, and, I, and I'm not promoting the checks, everybody. Um, I actually think it's an interesting, like, dynamic of what's happening in terms of like his ideas behind it. But you know, I'm not promoting the checks. I'm not saying it's good or bad. I think it's interesting for sure. Sarah, you had your hand up. Go ahead. I've got a question for you, Lucas. Are you the one with oh, the 500? 
Are you the I one? Wish. You're, you're pumping you your own me? bags here. <laughs> if I had if I had one check right now, I it would have already sold it. I would have sold it at one ETH. <laughs> Didn't you know Animal. Lucas Lucas sold ten board apes at like point two, man. And when he doubled his money, he was like, I'm out. I'm out. <laughs> oh my no way, dude. It was I only I only fifty percent of my money. What are you talking about, dude? I didn't get there. No, I, I I've done this before. I actually bought so I do have a little experience of like 10xing and 20xing my my investment. Like I had a world of women, I bought at like 0.09, a couple of 0.09s, and sold them. And here's the thing: everybody's like, "What are you crazy? You're listing it at one ETH." I'm like, "Guys, that's a thousand percent return. Like, what are you talking about? How is that a lose? If it goes to a hundred ETH, great. Guess what?" I still made a hundred or, uh, you know, like basically a, a thousand X, my, the, my initial investment. So it's not a lose if you can go bigger later. You know what I mean? Like it just doesn't make sense why people even say that stuff, but I get, I'm not a gambler though. You know what I mean? I'm not one of those people that are like, yeah, I'm riding it all the way to, you know, a hundred dollars from like 35 cents where I bought it. It's like, I'm not, an, I'm not one of those investors. I'm just, I take percentages where I take percentages and that's it. Like, I, I don't know. I guess, I guess people in this space are, are a little bit more um, less risk adverse to me. I'm risk adverse to a certain extent. Dude, have so. fun staying poor, bro. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, you're right. That's the no, mentality. Look, man, it, it's funny because it's like <laughs> our mentality. Um, unfortunately, in the 2020 bull run or 21 bull run. Um, you know, that was not the best strategy, right? No, and, no it was and, not and the best it's, strategy. It's so funny. It's like <laughs> the best strategy was literally buy everything. Uh, and then hold it forever. Hold it, <laughs> hold it till it 100 or 1,000 Xs, you know, and then sell. And then maybe sell some, right? Yep. And yep. if you did that with every project minted in 2021, you, if you started with 100 grand, you probably made $5 million, right? Oh, and no so, doubt. No doubt. And, um, but you know, most of us also didn't start with a hundred grand, right? So yeah, you know, definitely. So yeah, disadvantage is all around. But um, you know, I think part of it is also the ability to still be here, uh, not get completely wrecked out of the game, be able to take losses, be able to take scams. You know, I was in a Discord today and poor guy lost, you know, like 50 NFTs, got, he got his wallet oh, hacked, no. that type of thing. you know, but dude, who hasn't uh, it happened to? Like it's happened oh, to you. Yeah. I, let's not you know, talk. I don't want to ever talk I, about my, I've, I have I've to talk about a, my situation sometime. <laughs> I mean, I haven't had a wallet, uh, so screwed. but every, you know, every, I don't know anybody who hasn't been like scammed, you know, who didn't buy yeah. something and it was a scam or something, you know, everyone's fallen victim. So, um, you know, part of it is just, you know, being able to stay in the game. Right. And, yeah. uh, and part of that is is a little bit of monetary discipline, uh, but yeah, we all have our own techniques, man. <laughs> <laughs> well, I can tell you, I definitely when we when we call things like rugs and scams and stuff like that, I also think we use those those words a little too lackadaisical too. You know, it's like I've noticed that people use some of those terms and they go, "Yeah, it's a rug or it's a scam. That person's a scammer." I'm like, "Okay, well, what did they do? Oh, well, they tried to sell me a course. It's like." uh Jack Butcher's main business is selling courses, right? Like at the end of the day, he he's a great artist, super smart guy, super talented, and his courses are awesome. Like why, why, 
<laughs> well, dude, let's so, be clear. I mean, there, there's no one can, no one can make money. <laughs> there's a large swath of crypto people who think all NFTs are scams. Just the the entire. Oh, there's for no, sure. There's for no sure. redeemable value of any of them, including CryptoPunks and all of them. They're all scams. So you know. That's crazy to me. Yeah. No, that that is that's legit. I mean, I, yeah. I was talking to some of them this past week, right? This is that is the way you know. It's all a scam, uh, really. And for them, uh, anything other than Bitcoin is a scam. Right. Um, I point out to them, well, there are a lot of people who think Bitcoin's a scam. Right. So, you know, it's just like which side of the fence are you going to be on? I'm trying to bring them over to the NFT, um, you know, and wider e ecosystem and try to open their eyes to something a little bit larger than just, you know, Bitcoin. But, uh, you know, there's a lot of work to do, man. I, I got to say, like a lot of the OG Bitcoiners really are, you know, we have still a long way to go to bring them in uh, for sure. But that's exciting because I think once we bring in the uh, hardcore Bitcoiners. Um, a lot of liquidity. Dude, so much. Dude, I mean, it's like the amount of wealth that that's held in, in few hands of OG Bitcoiners is staggering. And uh, so, yeah, kind of unlocking some of that liquidity to, to the wider crypto ecosystem and NFTs particularly could be awesome. Yeah, I agree. And, you know, I'm sure you, um, I think you were in the space and I'm, and you know, way more about this than me, the Bitcoin NFTs that they're talking about now, you know, like it's, sure. it's not new. I mean, let's yeah. be honest, there's the first NFTs ever were on Bitcoin. So um, they're just, for some reason, a lot of these people who are very Bitcoin maxis are now talking about like, oh, I can't wait to, I can't wait for the NFTs on Bitcoin. It's well, like, it's, yeah, the, um, well, there's there's multiple different camps within the Bitcoin community. And so, yeah, the ordinals, which popped over the last couple couple weeks, um, you know, there, there's the hardcore Bitcoin maxis are averse to it because they don't want anything clogging up. Uh, the yeah, block they're space, slow, right? slow down the space, slow down yeah. the chain. So, yeah. so they don't they literally don't want anything on literally anything on Bitcoin that isn't just straight Bitcoin. Um, so I don't know if you'll ever turn those guys, um, but they do. There is a general understanding in even those hardcores like, OK, what happens after, you know, the supply of Bitcoin runs out to miners? Uh, and there is concern around that. And so finding an alternative um, you know, incentive system for miners uh, is on the table. And if ordinals happen to be uh, something that works for that, uh, they are not averse to having that work because they do realize they're they're going to run up against a problem. And so there there is open discussion happening now about that and whether or not ordinals make a difference in that direction. Uh, it's possible. And but but they're discussing it at, at all levels of the BTC maxis are discussing uh, ordinals and their impact on the chain and on Bitcoin. And uh, it's the beauty of us, at least semi decentralized system is that no one person gets to turn it on or off or, you know, we get to kind of battle it out uh, on crypto Twitter and, you know, vote with buying and selling or minting them and figuring it out and. You know, if nobody's interested, I, I said to some hardcores, I said, look, if you're truly not interested and truly think this is a risk to to Bitcoin, the best thing you can do is completely ignore it and not even talk about it. Because you do that, uh, people won't mint them, people won't be interested. But if you talk about it, create controversy, 
hype. Um, then people are more likely to use it, more likely to discover it, more likely to get interested in it. And uh, then you've got yourself a real issue um, if you truly dislike it. Um, so, but it's interesting to see how it'll play out over the next year or so. Hoping to have uh, Casey, who is the kind of uh, driving force behind Ordinals, uh, on my, at least on a, a Twitter space later this week, maybe on a, a podcast. Um, already had him on a while back, like back September of last year. Uh, I know Lucas, you were tuned in early to the yeah. ordinal situation. <laughs> yeah. That was but, interesting. Uh, <laughs> but we've been talking to Casey for God, I've been so this like eight months. So um, it wasn't new to us, but it is kind of in, it was still surprising how it took off and how much interest there was around it. Yeah, it's definitely it's definitely interesting. All that stuff. It's uh, it's it's just. I don't know, man. I, I'm having the checks guy. I'm gonna try and have the checks guy on tomorrow's show. So if you want to join Adam, I don't know if you're gonna. Oh, be that'd around. be amazing. Yeah, I'd love to yeah, talk yeah. to him. Yeah, yeah. Please come on, and I think he will because I had a good conversation with him in the DMs while he was chatting on stage the other night. And uh, I was just, I, I, mean, I, you remember my DMs, to you, my text messages to you. I was like, wait, he wouldn't take a hundred million dollars? A hundred million? A hundred million? <laughs> question mark? Question mark? Question mark? <laughs> I bro. was so shocked, bro. I was like, wait, he's just, he's either like listing those checks, selling them as we speak, you know what I mean? Like, um, you know, slowly like dribbling them out or he's got like major conviction and, uh, either way, it's just, damn, it's all I can, it's all I can say. So I guess when you inherit a hospital and then sell your stake in the hospital, I guess you get enough money to play with. So respect to the people who come in with money and can afford to play big on like small bets. Think about it. I mean, it was a pretty small, you know, $8 yeah. a check. I, I mean, I think so. he was, he said he was, even with that 11 ETH purchase, he was only like 15 ETH all in, which I'm yeah. not saying 15 ETH. That's substantial for me. It's oh, probably yeah. substantial. It's substantial oh, for yeah. most people, oh, but yeah. still uh, in the large scale, like 15 ETH is not a lot. Right. Um, so, yeah, it's it's amazing, man. He was fifteen ETH in, and you know whatever a thousand ETH offer on the table, and it's like nah, I'm good. <laughs> yeah, I still yeah, like I said, still can't believe he he would he said that his number was eleven thousand ETH for all of his checks. I was just like, okay, like <laughs> that's literally a thousand X or nothing, man. God, <laughs> I I respect and. Also, it scares the shit out of me that anybody could say that because I would just I you're, you're right. I don't think I have the mentality for it. I'm a ha I'm a happy camper. If I buy an NFT and it goes two three x, it's like I'm exiting like instantly. I just well, dude, like dude, we've, we've seen it. We've seen it. It's far far more likely that that turns into being worth, you know. <laughs> way less than even the 15 ETH he put in, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah that is yeah, yeah. far, far more likely than it being worth, you know, a thousand X. I mean, it's just, it's, we've seen it so many times, man. Yeah. You know? Statistically, you're right. Like at the end of the day, like there's no question that that's probably what's going to happen. I mean, I have a whole wallet of NFTs. That is exactly what you just said. You know, at some point they, they all went up to like record highs and I'm like, that's it. I'm just going to hold on to these because I love the NFTs. I just loved the founder behind the NFTs. I love the NFTs themselves, like the art, stuff like that. I like the community a lot. And I was just going to hold because I'm like, hey, you know what? I like supporting this project because I like the founder and I like the art and the community is pretty great. So I was down. But yeah, now they're, you know, 
so there are some NFTs in my wallet that at one time were like five ETH each and now they're at 0.1. So um, the likelihood of those NFTs, those checks, and I'm not hating on any one project because we're just talking about checks right now. I actually love checks. I love what Jack Butcher did. He's a, he's an amazing artist. He definitely knows what he's doing. Um, I think there's a exactly what you said. There's a chance that just that just drops, but I don't know. You know, I don't really know. I'm no I'm no uh, oracle. That's for sure. <laughs> it, it, it's interesting. I'd love to hear other people's thoughts on this because I'll, I'll get I'll get an example and and tell me what you guys would have recommended to your friends. So I had a friend who minted uh, the Trump NFTs. Uh, this was kind of the last one that that I know that like really popped. Dude, it, I mean it was it's a joke, right? But it popped, right? So he bought them. They were like forty bucks each. I think he he bought them even with like you know his credit card, right? Yeah. And he bought a, he bought a credit a, card. Yeah. He, he bought a he bought a couple hundred. Cause it was like, you know, 45, he's doing the math. It's like, okay, 45 bucks. It's like point, I don't even know. It's like 0 0.009 ETH or something. So it was really inexpensive when you mm -hmm. compare it to like an NFT mint. It's like actually pretty cheap. And he was like, well, let me, let me get a bunch of these. And he, he got, um, I, I have no idea about the rarities, but supposedly he got like the most, one of the most rare. He got like a gold Superman Trump. Now I have no <laughs> idea about the rarities, right? Sorry. Bro, I'm laughing too, man, because it's ridiculous. He literally, he literally DMs me, bro. And he's like, he's like, dude, I pulled a fucking gold Superman Trump. And I was like, so you've seen it. Sorry. It's like the Superman. He's like, go on, he's, got a, he's got a cape. Dude, it's hilarious. And, and he's like, bro, I don't know what I should do. I got a 20 ETH offer on my, on my gold Superman Trump. And I'm like. I'm like, bro, sell. I was literally like, sell, bro. Stop sell. laughing. And, and and he literally he wrote me back. He says, uh, he says, you know what? Uh, I think I'm gonna hold on to it and see if it ha and see if it has any utility. I was like, bro. <laughs> oh my god, what? I was like, bro. I don't know, bro. I don't know. But, you know, what are you going to do, man? I don't know. Maybe they're at 100 ETH right now. I literally have no idea. But something tells me, my gut tells me that they're probably not at 100 ETH. I don't know, though. But, yeah, that, that was that was the most recent kind of story around uh, these pump cycles, man. Yeah, but I'm looking. I'm looking crazy. at the forty-five. I'm looking at the 45,000 Trump NFTs right now. Hold on one second. I will... I, Sorry, look, look look for the gold <laughs> Superman. That's my friends. It's probably like, I don't even know how to find it. It's probably it, at like it's probably at like half an ETH now. And he's like he's still like, I'm hoping it, the utility gets me like a I don't know, lunch with Trump or something. Well, I mean, hey, if you're into that and it's worth, you know no, what I mean? If it like, did, I mean, hey, yeah. that would have value, right? Um, certainly. But uh yeah, it's hard, man. And you know, he he was actually he didn't really need the money. So that that always plays into it, right? Not needing the money uh and being able to walk away, you know, where even if it goes back to zero, you're still somewhat good. Um I found the know. gold Superman Trump. You did? What's it, it at? Mm -hmm. What's it at right now? What's the highest bid? Uh I don't know when your homie bought it last. No, he bought it. He he got it at mint, dude. He oh, got it at mint. Oh, okay. No, okay, he minted. Okay. He minted it. They revealed, and he got one of the gold supermans. And he had, yeah. and last time you knew he didn't sell it or anything like that. 
Yeah, that I mean, however long ago that that was a few days after. Somebody that. named Ice T, Iced, not Ice T as in the rapper, but right. Iced T still owns it, um, yeah. and a they they have it listed at sixty five ETH, <laughs> right. um, and the highest bid of yeah. we we offer is like eight ETH. Eight. Okay. So hey. You know, there you go, man. It's he's still, still winning. He's still he's winning. Still dude. winning for sure. He's gonna for be. Sure. He's he's gonna be winning this whole time. He's he's gonna for get sure. sick of winning. He's just gonna Bro. get sick of winning, dude. <laughs> <laughs> oh, good times. Yeah, Amazing. I, I never thought. I honestly never thought the Trump NFTs were gonna go anywhere, and I was clearly proven wrong. Um, these uh, they're on Polygon too, which is definitely definitely interesting scenario. Polygon has really done a good job of crushing it in the last year, man. Like Ryan Wyatt, like oh my god, man, he the business, the biz dev on that side, that team, they're just crushing it. Like you just can't can't fault them, man. They are just doing such a good job. Beg, steal, or borrow, man. You got to get people using your chain, and yeah. uh, they have they yeah. have done a good job of of you know bringing over teams, bringing over projects, getting projects involved. Um, yeah, literally just paying, you know, just paying for it. Yeah, whatever um, they have right, to do, though. Rightly know, so. so, man, because yeah. without it, without adoption, you're you're dead. You're literally dead. And I think we're probably going to see some chains fail. I was talking to guys, you know, who were saying some chains have like less than six months of runway. Um, Whoa. Whoa. So yeah, yeah, that's so crazy, man. It's possible in the next year we see, you know, in you know this year, 2023, we see, you know, some L1s failing. Um, Damn. Yeah. Yeah, legit. So not not wow. Polygon. Polygon's fine, but but you see why you you know you have to get this kind of engagement. You have to get users, and uh, it's really really hard. And so yeah, Polygon's doing a pretty good job. Yeah, <clears throat> I was surprised to see Polygon doing such a good job, and I'm not even sure. Like, is this a time now in theory because Polygon's crushing it to like look at their uh, you know their their currency. Also, you know, I don't honest, honestly don't know. I'm asking, like, I have oh, no idea. That, yeah, I have no <clears throat> idea either. I, yeah, somebody who's a trader, chime in. Hey, Facero, what's up, man? Yeah, I'm not a trader, but uh, just just talking about the polygon, and uh, you know, I think their position is the fact that their 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 position is towards the corporate business. So as businesses get in on the space, that's where they're going to be going. And I think, you know, you've got uh, Frank and, and the shift over with Ute. I think that was one of the wisest moves that, that could be made. He's going to position himself in, in sort of the number one slot in, in the arena. Um, and I think it is going to go from strength to strength because of their positioning, because of what they've done so far to uh, secure that space. I'm not talking about Frank and Ute. I'm talking about Polygon because I think there's some... Very clever people behind, and I think they're going to be the ones to watch. Yeah, I don't disagree. It's definitely a good move. It's one of the most vibrant community communities in crypto. You know, D gods and and Utes, and I believe isn't it um, D gods going to ETH and and uh, you know it's Utes going to Polygon, right? I'm pretty sure that's what's yeah, going on. that's exactly what's going on. Um, and you know, I think there's going to be quite a few others sort of pop up along the way. Um, and sort of head over over to to Polygon. Um, I, you know, I think there's going to be Ethereum is going to be uh, the the daddy in the space, 
uh, and that's probably going to be for a very long time, if if not for forever. But uh, Polygon, obviously, all these chains are going to be offering different things for for different projects, and will appeal in different ways. Um, but but for the onboarding of the Web two commercial world, I think a lot of them will be heading towards Polygon, and um, it's going to be a space definitely worth watching. Yeah, it's interesting. I'm looking at the D gods right now on the floor on the D gods. There's only one listed for sale out of all of the D gods. Yeah, there's one listed for sale. Buy it now. You need to get in and on it's that, for, And yeah, no, I can't that's afford not, this. That's, is, is, is that <laughs> I on, cannot uh, afford this one. It's 27 grand. <laughs> that's on that's on Polygon. No, 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 no. D gods has. I don't think they've transferred over yet. Um, ah, okay. It's on Soul. And so. there's only one for sale. Yeah. No, there's got to be some wrong. You got to look at Magic Eden, though. It's so liquid on OpenSea. Oh, okay, guys. Sorry about that. That's totally my fault. That's totally my bad. Okay. I had no idea. I was like, man, maybe they're doing, maybe they told people to like not because they were doing the whole move over to ETH. And that's probably, you know, that's what I was thinking. Like, hey, don't do it until we move to ETH or something like that. Um, And people were like more waiting for that to happen because it's such a, you know, it's such a big deal. Um, I think a lot of people are holding on to their D gods because of that, because they're like, "Wow, we're going to ETH. You know, what's what what's the D god going to be valued on ETH versus on Soul? You know, I don't know what it's going to be, but there's a lot of liquidity on ETH and Soul. You know, not as much these days, just because of you know the whole downturn. And you know, when a blockchain goes down a lot, and I'm you know I'm sure you guys know, like you know, uh, the Soul blockchain uh, doesn't really doesn't really hold up. It's gone down quite a few times. And and I heard, you know, there's a couple of people I've, ta- I've, I definitely think are pretty awesome in this space here and smart, you know, I'm smart enough to understand this. Blockchains don't go down. I mean, they don't, you know, a real blockchain doesn't, <laughs> doesn't go down. It's the whole idea of a blockchain. So, and I agree with that. I mean, you know, that's my opinion as well. So I think that's probably one of the reasons why they're moving, not just because they're getting, you know, paid by, you know, whoever to, to move over, but also because the blockchain is more stable, there's more liquidity. There's like just, it's just a hundred reasons why it makes sense as that company to move over. Um, but that's just my opinion. Again, Adam, what are your thoughts? Um, actually, I'd love I'd love to have some some people give me. I haven't talked that much about it. Um, as far as you know, when you bridge uh, D gods over from one chain to the other, what you're basically doing is you're you're locking the D gods, your NFT into, um, the contract on whatever the previous chain was. And you're re you're minting a brand new D gods on the new chain. Right. So you're basically creating like parallel NFT collections. Um, I know from a historical NFT perspective, this is like the worst thing you could do to an NFT collection. Um, but I'd love to hear people's perspective on kind of new, newer, you know, NFT collections and PFP collections. If, if they feel like this is an acceptable practice or this is the future, I'd love to know, you know, wh- how people think about this. Yeah, you know, I don't know if we have any soul people on stage. Um, I don't even think there's any soul people in the audience. Uh, we're, you know, most of us are ETH people. Are there so. any soul people at all? That's the real question. <laughs> right. Well, yeah, that's a good question. No, there, no, are there, are some, there are definitely some. There are. I was gonna say that, Yeah, I was gonna say that. And you're right. There's lots on sale on Magic Eden. So totally my fault. Amateur hour, rookie move. 
I thought for sure. I'm like, wow, there's really none listed. There's so many listed. <laughs> so my bad. There's lots of them, but they're they're like half half the price on OpenSea. But even uh, like, um, what was it? Was it the, um, oh, I don't know, Pungy, Pudgy Penguins moved yep. from Ethereum. I don't even know where. Uh, Doodles has their new one on Flow. Right. So there's, this is happening. Right. And yep. I'd love, I'd love to talk about it just with NFT collectors. Cause I think we need to kind of come to a consensus about, is this going to be cool and okay? And this is just the way it is. Um, which is fine. Uh, if that's the way we kind of view like new modern NFTs, like, Oh, you just want to bridge, like bridging is totally fine. And as long as people understand, actually what you're doing is you're, you're minting a brand new NFT on a new chain mm-hmm. um, and you're locking the other one in the, another contract, which we know these things tend to get, they can get hacked, you know, all sorts of badness can happen in these sort of things um, in these bridging mechanics where you can literally have, and, and then you're always going to have this kind of split collection, right? There's no <laughs> way it's, it's literally impossible. Not all the D gods are going to move over, right? Some are still going to be not, not locked on the old chain. So they're always going to live now on two chains. Right. Um, so it creates weird kind of dynamics within a collection. And the way I, I the way, way I'm trying to phrase it so people understand, it's like, imagine if CryptoPunks um, said, Oh, we're going to move over to, um, to Solana. Right. And we're going to make a bridge to Solana. And you, you know, you can put your CryptoPunk in there. And it locks it in the contract, and we mint a new matching CryptoPunk on Solana. Is that CryptoPunk that's now been minted on Solana as valuable as the one you just locked on Ethereum? Uh, my per- my personal feeling is hell fucking no, right? Um, but that's just my my gut reaction, like as a collector and a collector of historic NFTs, that minting this new one in no way is the same NFT, right? It, this is like completely um, butchering the provenance of the NFT collection. Um, so that's that's my kind of personal stance, but I would like to hear other people's kind of side of it, especially if they're like, no, this is just, this is the way we want F- NFTs to be in the future is multi-chain, whatever. Um, and if so, cool. Like, I, I just want to hear, you know, people's perspective. Yeah. Hey, Fasero, go ahead, man. You had your hand up. Yeah, I'd, I'd not even thought about the fact that not everybody is going to switch over. Um, because the other thing that you didn't mention is the fact that people are going to pay, have to pay the gas fees. So obviously, it's down to the owner of the NFT, whether they want to actually make that transition. Um, so it does get messy. It's not like they're taking their funds and actually transferring everybody across. It's down to the owner of the NFT. Um, so I, I'd not even sort of gone through that process in my head about the fact that there's going to be a number of them still on Solana. Um, I don't know how many will stay on Solana because obviously from uh, my perspective, I would say you've got more value moving it to Ethereum. Uh, if it was the other way around, I'd probably be disagreeing. But um, uh, yeah, I, it, it throws a whole different sort of aspect into it the fact that you're going to get split and will the ones on one of the platforms increase more than others probably so it, it it's a very interesting question 
Yeah, I mean, what we've seen in, um, I'll just put in with like uh, in historical NFTs, uh, often you'll need to put your NFT into a wrapper uh, to allow it to trade or enable easy trading. And we've seen traditionally only maybe 40 to 60% of people will actually wrap. Um, and so um, definitely, I would say even, even with uh, like, collections that have a lot of centralization meaning maybe the owners have a large holding and and that sort of thing still i would i would i would say there's almost guaranteed there's no way you get anywhere near like 80 percent uh moved over uh it's going to be far less than that um which could could actually create some interesting trading opportunities where you see different prices on the different chains and you'll get this kind of like um this head this not a hedge but a different in prices where people will be able to buy them on the old chain because they'll be less expensive they'll figure out the gas and they can bridge them over and then sell below floor on the other chain that will exist for a while and vice versa um so yeah there there are these kind of weird dynamics that take place um when you split a collection like this so just a question for you obviously with with the understanding that you've got um if Solana holds up and stays strong, and and Lucas might be right in the fact that it's it's one of those that doesn't last. But if you take that gamble and Solana sort of stabilizes and or increases whatever it may be, do you think that the original ones that stay on that platform could potentially have more value long term? Uh, my gut says no because. Uh... The liquidity is, I mean, the idea is they're moving to where the, the real liquidity is. Um, so that will tend to be where the, the premium is. So I'll give you an example. Um, uh, we do, I, I work with Emblem Vault, and what we allow and enable is um, uh, NFTs from other blockchains to come on Ethereum and trade. So for a while, Rare Pepe's, uh, when people didn't really know what was going on, um the price of rare pepes if you wanted to buy it on the original chain on counterparty and bitcoin was about 40 percent less than what you would be able to buy it for on ethereum and so people were literally buying it on bitcoin wrapping it in an vault and bringing it over to bitcoin or bringing it over to ethereum to sell and so you had this this kind of differentiation differentiating in price and the more with the more expensive being where the liquidity is, if that makes sense. And so I, I would assume you'll have that for a while uh, while the collection kind of stabilizes and traders take advantage of that differentiation differentiation in price. And it'll eventually flatten out um, to the point where there won't be really an advantage when you factor in gas and you know time and energy to bring it over and stuff um it'll eventually flatten out where the, the the collections will be pretty similar in price if that makes sense yeah completely completely so so there might be some uh opportunities if you if you have the liquidity to pick up a d uh, uh, yeah i i would say there most certainly will be in my experience there's almost certainly opportunities in the beginning when people don't recognize what's happening um so for all you you know traders out there there probably will be 
a very brief period of time, a brief, you know, a day or two maybe, because it is a well-known collection. Uh, but there's a possibility there'll be an opportunity at the very beginning where you could buy it on the old chain, you know, quickly lock it in the contract, mint it on uh, on, on Ethereum, and sell and, and be able to make a premium. Um, that That's certainly a possibility for a time. Interesting. Go ahead, Fasero. No, no, no. I, I was literally just going to say it's a no-brainer. So surely uh, that if you have one, you'll be making that transition. But uh, I suppose if – well, I'm not in that position. But uh, if anybody is, I would definitely be uh, recommending snagging one. But So you're saying – so let me, let me ask the question because I'm trying to understand. Maybe some of the audience might not know what you're saying. If you wait and try to grab one of these NFTs – um, let's just say a D God on, um, on ETH. You're saying if you wait for that to happen, or are you saying like maybe go swipe it on Soul, if people aren't paying attention, the ones that are left on Soul, and then you make the transition yourself. Exactly. Exactly. So basically, if and I'm not saying I'm not saying anybody even do this. Right? No, no, I'm of saying, course. I'm of saying course. what yep. what what will traditionally happen is you'll get a run up on ethereum in price because that's where the money and the awareness is so the price will rise let's just say let's just take a whatever they're they're half an eth on soul and but because the liquidity and awareness is on ethereum they actually run up to one ETH, and for a period of time they'll still there'll be a lagging price on soul because nobody's on soul buying and trading them yeah. so you'll be able to buy it for half an ETH on soul lock it in the contract, bring it over to Ethereum and sell it for an ETH. So there'll be this like differentiating in price. Um, and, and we've seen that a lot. Now, it, I think it'll go away much quicker because of the awareness. Um, and may, it may not exist at all because of, because it has so much awareness. But certainly we've seen it in like the historical collections, Mooncats, even Mooncats with like the wraps um, and I saw it with Curio cards as well, where we had two wrappers. So there was the official wrapper, and then there was the unofficial wrapper. And the unofficial wrapper got done like one day after the rediscovery. So it's old. It's been there right from the rediscovery. And there's always a price differentiation between those two. So if you want to buy an apple in the original wrapper versus the, uh, versus the official wrapper, those prices never match. And sometimes it becomes such a differentiating price because there's no almost no liquidity on the old, on the original wrapper mm -hmm. that it, it makes sense to buy that, pay the gas to unwrap it, rewrap it in the in the new wrapper in the official wrapper, and then put it on OpenSea. Now it's rare, but there was you know there was a time uh, at certain points of like crazy uh, run up in prices and stuff where that that trade has made sense um because there's almost no liquidity on that other wrapper um and there was tremendous liquidity and there was a huge bull bull run where it was like there was like a hundred percent difference in the two prices and it actually made sense to to buy it on the old wrapper unwrap it rewrap it and sell it um crazy enough and uh so yeah there are all sorts of things like that that happen so there's an opportunity there so if you actually watch when D God starts the transition, you yeah, can you actually. I, I yeah. would recommend if, if we have any traders in the uh, 
in the audience. It, it's certainly one to watch out for. Um, and it may go away very quickly, but it may not. Like, you never know. Some people will have their old, you know the way it is. People list stuff, right? And mm -hmm. even if they, they may be listed above what it's worth right now on Soul, mm -hmm. right? And they forget about it. Like, they, they're away on vacation or something sure. for a week. And it's, it's sitting there. And all of a sudden, you see a bull run happening on Ethereum, and theirs is still for sale there. You can go grab it and then make the transition, you know, and actually, um, you know, do that do that trade for sure. So let me just ask one more question. And it's, it's, this is just me coming as a noob uh, for this process. So someone lists a, a D God, let's just say it's listed for like 13 grand on Seoul. Um, and they, they, they go on vacation or they're just, they're just not paying attention, which by the way, I do that happens all the time. All the time. All yeah, the time. I do it all. I do it all the time. So, uh, it's listed and all of a sudden they start to transition over to ETH. Why would that D God be less than 13,000, $13,000 still? Well, for example, on ETH, this, um, so at the very beginning, um, let's just say on ETH on OpenSea, there are going to be no D-Gods, right? Yep. So if you're one of the first people to transfer it over, uh, in theory, I, I mean, I would think because it's a popular collection, mm -hmm. a lot of people are going to transfer right away, right? So there's going to be some liquidity immediately on Ethereum. Mm -hmm. um, but you're going to get to see what it's doing on Ethereum. And people will begin doing that math. You know, you're not going to be alone. Uh, there are going to be a couple of, you know, traders in there looking at it. But if if the floor price on Sol is significantly lower than the floor price on Ethereum, um, you know, somebody's going to make that trade. Somebody's going to buy a cheap one on Sol. Yeah, it's going to be arbitrage. Do that, do, yeah. do that arbitrage. And, um, you know, it tends to with, I would think with, you know, vigorously traded collections, it'll it'll disappear quick. Um, but you never know. And it, it doesn't disappear ever, frankly. Uh, that arbitrage will always happen. Sometimes it'll be at, you know, delta zero, but sometimes it might get, you know, kind of crazy and you'll be able to take advantage of it. And uh, like, dude, there are people who do this all day long, right? That's all they do is look for these sort of arbitrage opportunities, but it's certainly something to look at. Yeah, I love it. That's actually really smart. I never really, I never really put that together. Um, I never really thought of the whole, again, I've never been through the, the chain, you know what I mean? Like, uh, doing like a chain crossover hard, you know, hard transfer over, uh, from one chain to the next. And then having it that, that what you exactly just said, it's brilliant to it, do that arbitrage. If you have the funds to do it, like you could literally in, in the first like 30 minutes, probably to an hour, you could probably, if there is that big discrepancy, you could crush it. Like you could, I mean, even if it's 50% higher, you do that with like 20 D gods or 30 D gods, you know, you're making your fit. You're literally two Xing your, your money. And uh, who wouldn't take a thousand dollars if they knew they were going to two exit instantly. Right. So it's worth it. I don't know. That's to me at yeah. least. Yeah. It's interesting. I mean, I never had the time or energy to kind of um, dedicate myself to it, but I do know people who, who have, and even with, for example, on um, with Rare Pepe's, there was a time when people accidentally minted, not accidentally, but they, they minted their Rare Pepe's into uh, Polygon NFTs using, um, you know, using Emblem Vault. You can mint them as Polygon in the same way you can mint them as ETH NFTs. 
and uh, thinking, oh, it's cheap, you know, it only cost me a dollar to mint the Polygon rather than $50 to mint the uh, Ethereum NFT. Mm -hmm. And uh, they just did it because it was it was a dollar, it was cheaper. And dude, there was like a 40%, people were buying up Pepe's at a 40% discount because those Polygon, nobody was buying them. Mm -hmm. And uh, literally, they'd buy them. They'd unwrap the, <laughs> the the Polygon NFT, you know, to get the get it back on Ethereum on uh, Bitcoin, and then they'd rewrap re it as an Ethereum NFT. And basically, after all said and done, they'd make you know thirty percent on their money. Wow! You know, it, it was you know you could do it all day long. Wow! Amazing. That's literally printing money right there. So. Literally, you just got to do the, you just got to, you know, be willing to spend the time and energy. Literally, I love that, dude. I love that. Well, I'm going to wrap it up. I don't know if you guys have any more other things to say, but I'm wrapping the show up today right now. I'm going to try and get checks on tomorrow so we can actually chat with checks. And then I'm going to try to get some, some, uh, Solana people on here and like see what they feel, how they feel about like D gods and Utes and stuff like that. And I want to, I want to get some opinions on that. So I'm, I'm looking forward to it. If you guys want to join tomorrow, that'd be pretty dope. What's up, Fazero? I just wanted to say a big thank you to Adam for, for sharing all the information today. And uh, thank you for yeah. you for hosting a very nice space today. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I know that was your mission and you achieved it. But, you know, big thanks to both of you and uh, everybody else that's come up. So it's been really good space. Thanks, Fazero. You rock, man. And Adam, Thanks, brother. he's right. You are You are definitely one of the most amazing, I think, underrated space hosts out there. I would happily, with you and Fisero, happily co-host um, host space with you guys uh, on a regular basis anytime just because we just, uh, I don't know, we just all have some really, really good takes. So, um, yeah, until tomorrow, guys, thanks to the audience, number one, and thanks to Adam, Fisero, and Mintify. Don't forget, Mintify is amazing, guys. It's an amazing platform. They have amazing tools. They're doing great stuff over there. Check out Mintify. They, I, th I use them for like all my news and they have some really cool tools. If you're a, a high, high stakes trader, like go over there. It's for the professional trader. Check them out. The founder's an amazing dude, a good friend and the, the, the software and the company is amazing. So check out Mintify. You will not be disappointed. And that's our show for the day. I hope everybody has a good rest of your day, evening, night, everything, and we'll see you guys tomorrow. Thank you.